0: know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And it is us, those weekend golf guys, the second best golf show in the world. Number one in America. The guys who beat us are in Great Britain, so they really don't
1: count. It was a gigantic media company. And we are the low-budget fun guys. That's right. (laughs) Right? They have a staff of about 132.
0: You're looking at it right now. This is us. This is it. This is us. (laughs) There are no additional golf guys hiding in the back anywhere. It is me (laughs) and Jeff. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And he is, of course, one of America's top 100 golf instructors, according to Golf Magazine. And uh, and they're the folks that know.
1: How many times have you turned down the Live Tour invitation, man? (laughs) You know, I continue to turn it down, (laughs) you know. So somebody posed the question to me. I've worked with a couple of people who have played professional golf. The question got posed to me is if somebody that I'm working with playing professional golf goes to the Live Tour, will I continue to teach them to play? Or will I say no to that? I teach golf. And if I taught golf to say the president of the united states and i didn't agree with his politics i would still teach him golf because he's a golfer so how would i keep my professional life separate from my personal feelings about anything what if i didn't like somebody personally would I still teach him golf? Um, of course you no. would I mean, you taught me, so there you go. <laughs> <Listen>. Well, look, <laughs> special circumstances, right? But, but
0: there's I also goes to the point that, that so many people don't understand talking about separation.
1: The PGA Tour and the PGA of America are two totally separate organizations. Right, but they everybody thinks they're one and the same thing because they came from the same entity. The PGA Tour was an offshoot of the PGA of America and PGA tour members are actually PGA of America members in an A3 classification. There's still a connection. Gotcha. Even though the PGA of America has absolutely nothing to do with who the tour is, how the tour operates and any of the tour rules, the PGA of America has nothing to do with any of that. It just was the PGA tour was spawned from it. What is going to happen is even if today, I can guarantee you that even if Jeff
0: Smith does not like you, he is going to impart such wisdom to you that after you listen to this show, you will be eight strokes better on your next round. So hang out, if we're gonna put it to the test. We'll be right back. We're those Weekend Golf Guys. Hey, it's John, and I am sure that you, like me, watch the golfers on TV, both men and women playing the PXG clubs, and you go, man, those clubs look so cool. I wish I was good enough to play with those. Well, you know, PXG makes world-class, high-performance golf equipment for golfers of every skill level, even ours. From the newest, most technologically advanced Gens golf clubs to the more budget-friendly 0211 line of sticks, PXG delivers unbelievable quality, distance, forgiveness, and feel. PXG doesn't sell off the shelf. No, no, no. Every club is customized to fit your individual swing. That's why you will be so much better with a set of PXG clubs. You can buy online at pxg.com, you can call them at 844-PLAY-PXG, or you can visit a PXG store or a fitting studio near you. You know what they say, and it's absolutely true, PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. And thanks for hanging. We are back. Those Weekend Golf Guys, I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is at Jeff Smith, Eagle Springs Golf Club in, um, what's the town, Walcott
1: in Colorado? Walcott, in- Colorado, yeah. Walcott, it Colorado. is. Colorado. Uh, it's in the Vail Valley, okay. just west of Vail, and just mm-hmm. west of that is Edwards, and just west of that is Walcott, and just west of that is Eagle. So it's this little conglomeration of little towns, and Walcott is the smallest of them all. We have oh, a of post course. office and it has one person working in it, and it is the size of my studio here. Listen, um, we, we have promised eight strokes. That's just an
0: arbitrary number we picked out of the air. We also promised we want a 15% cut of any winnings you have because of the stuff you learned to do today. We are going to fix your
1: driving, your pitching, chipping, and your putting. Excuse normally me. when John promises eight strokes, he makes it a very short conversation. He says something along those <laughs> of get a second scorecard as long as a pencil has an eraser you're cool
0: (laughs) you can't hide the eraser marks come on you know that okay so driving you have imparted such wisdom to me the majority now of my drives are long and straight and go where i am aiming because not only have you shown me how to swing to put it where i'm aiming but you've shown me how to aim
2: correctly
1: I was going to say, that was one of the first things we did was, hey, John, the planet is over here it has a golf hole on it. I remember that conversation vividly. You looked at me like, what? What you talk about? You mean it matters? The ocean is not a big enough target? What are these boundaries that you're talking about?
0: What do you mean? Yeah.
1: So do, do for them what you've done for me, man. Drivers has to be considered for most everybody. They're their longest club in their bag. And so the trouble is, is that most people swing it. They, they get this thought in their head, like this is supposed to go the farthest. So I have to swing it the fastest and the hardest. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of the problem. They'll flush their eight iron. They'll flush their seven iron and they have this really great rhythm and tempo and speed that they can do it and get the club face on the ball and they can get that square and they can hit a solid shot and they go yeah it all works great until you put the driver in my hand and then i watch them swing and it looks like they're swinging with reckless abandon they're about to fall out fall down and soil themselves all at the same time (laughs) you're like okay we need to chill out here on a couple things (laughs) right all of a sudden they they lose rhythm and timing and tempo and they don't aim well and they don't strike it in the middle of the face and the ball speed gets low and it goes nowhere and they just get madder. And I say, okay. And I'll step up and I'll put the same tempo of a swing on a driver as I did any other club. And it goes out there and they look at me like, why does that work? So because the shaft is longer, the club is the lightest one in your bag. It goes around fastest And, you know, you're trying to be the part of the speed instead of you finding out I have this particular swing speed that works for my body, regardless of which club is in my hand, my body's speed, my hand speed around my body works well at this speed. And you found it with those irons that you strike so well. And then you get a driver in your hand and then you try to swing it at different speeds. And then all of a sudden your angles are bad because you're yanking and cranking and twisting and pushing on the club and doing all these crazy things. And the club doesn't come in from the same place anymore. And it also has no forgiveness in the face. So when your face angles are bad, it's a glancing blow. It doesn't go anywhere except sideways. And John is mad. The collective John.
0: (laughs) Yes. not just you,
1: John, the collective John. We do this on this show. Folks is I mentioned this to everybody, but the everybody is John. Yeah. It's just convenient. That's all it is. I mean, it I is. could say Tom, Dick and Harry and Mo and Larry and Curly, but it's just as easy to say, John <laughs> right. and more fun for you. So, right. It yeah. is more fun for me. Actually, I, I enjoy my job here. This is yes. a good thing. Right. All right. So let's consider what does it take to be a good driver of the ball? And I've already mentioned, I like to call it body control. Okay. It, you know, there's, there's club control. You put your hands on the club and when you make a swing and you know, you, you go to a backswing and you stop somewhere and the club stops and then you move it down and make a mock golf swing down and the club stops when you stop, that's club control. All right. But body control is, are you swinging at the same great pace and tempo all the time? Body control. And mm-hmm. if you can do that, You've got a shot at being a good driver of the ball because, of course, as we all know, because it has the longest shaft and the least amount of loft on the face, it could go sideways in a hurry. Yeah. So we need to check our grip. We need to check how the club comes into the golf ball from behind us to out to the golf ball. Now, that sounds interesting. Sounds easy, right? Get the club back up and behind you. That's the backswing, right? And then it comes down out in front of you. And then you just check where are you at impact when you stop the club. And would you have delivered the club face to the golf ball if you just made a backswing and made a through swing only up until the point where the club was at impact? Would that club have come in squarely or not? And if not, you better check your grip and you better check to make sure you're not twisting the club either way. And then you go through and you put the ball about on your left armpit if you're a righty, so your front armpit. And you want to tee it up a little bit high get about half the ball above the club face and give yourself a little tilt away from the target. So righties, if your spine is straight up and down, it's like 6 o'clock low to 12 o'clock high, and you're going to tilt it to about 1 o'clock. That's all you're going to do. You're going to tilt that spine. And then you're going to be swinging up at it. And you got good ball position. you got good hands. You know your club face is going to come through pretty straight because you just checked it. And then you're going up at your golf ball and all you have to do is not swing with reckless abandon and squeeze the heck out of the left hand and arm and pull on the club. And you're going to hit a beautiful straight golf shot.
0: And there's nothing that feels better than being able to take that swing, hear that sound, see that ball flight and then just kind of kneel, bend down, pick up your tee and walk away knowing I you know, don't really so have fun. to watch it cuz you know where it's going to land right it's Smack so much dab fun
1: it is. it's when i see the look on people's faces when i get them to be a good driver of the golf ball when they first understand that they shouldn't try to overpower it and then i get them to check their grip as their personal grip should be and mm-hmm. the fact that they can check their club face coming through and then i set them up with the ball in the right spot with a little bit of tilt. And that ball just goes careening high and straight up into the air. They look at it and like, why does that work?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's because you didn't ruin it by trying to kill it.
0: Yeah. You have heard the expression, let the club do the work.
1: Yeah. I don't believe that. Okay. Because the club just laying on the ground, isn't going to pick itself up and swing itself. <laughs> Okay. So I'm not buying that part, but what I am buying is understanding that you have a very specific tempo and pace that works with clubs in your hand to hit Mm -hmm. a ball. Well, right. And as soon as you start getting outside of that realm, you start to screw things up. Think about every time, John, that you have a six iron in your hand and you're just casual comfortable and you get up there and you just lace it down there straight and everything goes well and you hit it far and you look at it like that was so easy. It barely felt anything. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you get up with the six iron and maybe you're just a little bit outside of your normal distance and then you swing harder Mm -hmm. and then you've hit a thin one or you've topped it or you've hit it fat or you've hooked it. Look, you just took what did work and broke it. Yeah. Yeah. And you did that's it right. with trying to kill it, trying to force it. And that stuff just wrecks golf. It certainly Can you imagine did. when that happens with drivers, with people all the time? I mean, I'm standing here, wherever it is that I'm teaching, and I see somebody just really coming out of their shoes with their driver. I'm like, yeah, that's going to work. I'll I'll bet against against that
0: guy. I just will. Hey, buddy, let's play for money. Okay, so there's a couple strokes off right there. You you now know how to drive better. Uh, Pitching, chipping. We're going to talk about that next when we come right back. We're on this weekend golf, guys. We're making you better. Stick around. Well, here's something I bet you didn't know. According to the CDC, one person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease, and one in four deaths is attributable to heart disease. Do you know that? So if you're not taking your heart health seriously, you need to act now. Now you can take an all-natural daily supplement that not only helps protect your heart from free radicals, it also helps boost athletic performance. It's a brand new specially formulated supplement with a powerful blend of essential nutrients, antioxidants, and botanicals to optimize your heart health naturally. Snap Supplements Heart Health. It's loaded with naturally grown herbs and nutrients that work in partnership with you to help keep your heart healthy and performance strong. Now, I've been trying it out for about a month now, and I got to tell you that especially out on the golf course, I don't get anywhere near as tired. Snap Supplements is offering our listeners a 10% discount on their first purchase by using the link snapcardio.com slash golfguys. That's S-N-A-P-C-A-R-D-I-O.com com slash guys. Try it out. Your body will thank you. snapcardio.com slash guys.
3: If you still haven't gotten a golf trip on the calendar this year, there is still time to make it happen at French Lick Resort. This is the only place you can play courses by Pete Dye and Donald Ross together at the same property. You can play both championship courses through October 31st when you book the Hall of Fame package. Golf season lasts well into the fall in southern Indiana. Go to FrenchLick.com to start planning. Again, that's FrenchLick.com. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
0: All right, we are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And as we've said last segment, you have uh, now become a better driver because you're you're backing off. Your your timing and tempo is what you're concerned about, not how hard or how fast
1: you swing it. Yeah, don't wreck yourself. Yeah. So I think somebody I think there's this commentary out there. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Highly applicable there. It, yes, it is. Yes, it highly is applicable there.
0: So, so now let's uh, let's say we, we've hit it really, really well. Um, our, our short irons are not up to snuff, but we'll deal with that on another day. We're off the green, but not far. We have three or four wedges in our bag. What are we going to do?
1: Well, there's a handful of things that we've got to do and look at what situation we're dealing with. So let's make one up. Okay. Give me a scenario, John. Let's talk about it. Your ball Um, sits
0: where? You hit a great shot. Ball sits uh, in the fairway, middle of the fairway. You hit a good shot. You just used the wrong club. You're about 10 yards uh, from the green, in front of the green.
1: Okay. So there are people out there who've actually asked me, would I putt that? (laughs) Here's a pretty clear answer. No. (laughs) I mean, let's think about this. How much fairway or fringe do I really want to hammer my ball through and then have it scoot on the green and have no idea because the green speed is so shockingly different than the fairway speed that it would be, let's see if I can figure out how hard to hammer it with a putter to get it there only to go a lot slower on the green.
0: And, and that's that's just luck. There's no there's no way you can figure that out. There's there's no no, no formula that
1: no. you can use. Now, this is different than when when you go to a place like, you know, we've all played at places that shave it all around and it's a very tight cut. Imagine yourself, John, for a second playing at Pinehurst. Yeah where you see people putting from off the green a lot because it's so hard and fast because they cut it so tight. It's mm-hmm. like having it on the green stimp meter of nine and then it rolls to an and the greens are at 11. Right. That's very different than most fairways.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Most fairways are, are rolling at like a four to a five. Okay. And then all of a sudden you got a nine to 10 on the green. I mean, right. come on, that's just a little too much difference but you know who I get these questions from people who don't feel comfortable chipping. That's right. <laughs> you, you said it nicer than I did. We'll leave it that alone.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. yeah. Right. Because the people who are good at chipping and pitching wouldn't consider it at all. Right. So, okay. So let's get to what would I do? I'm 10 yards off the green give me a scenario. Where's the pin? Is it an uphill? Is it a flat? Is it a, is it, do I got to go over a hump? Where, what are we talking about?
0: It's, it's easy. Let's make it easy. It's basic flat. You've got probably uh, 10 yards to the green and then maybe uh, another 15, 20 feet from the edge of the green to the pin.
1: Okay. So that's a <clears throat> relatively safe shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to instantly start thinking about options, right? I've got a nine iron option or a pitching wedge or an eight iron option to just bump it on there and let it roll out. Right. So the first thing I look at is my lie. Now you've already said it's a nice, easy fairway lie. The Mm -hmm. second thing I look at is the distance and you've already told me about that. And then I just go up and I see the green speed. Let's say it's hole number one and I haven't figured out the green speeds yet. The first thing I'm going to do is walk on the green and find out how firm it feels underfoot. Okay. If it's soft underfoot, the odds of it rolling fast are slim because there's friction. You know, moisture slows down the ball, all that. But let's say here we are in the middle of the summer, it's hot and it's dry a lot until you get the afternoon. (laughs) And then the (laughs) thunderstorms (laughs) pop up and then it could get wet. Right. So, so let's just say that I'm going to go figure out the landing spot and what it's going to roll on that will determine which club and what type of shot that I'm going to use. Because if I find it to be firm underfoot all the way up to the hole, I'm now going to choose a sand wedge and toss it a little higher so that it lands a little softer, comes in at a steeper landing angle Mm -hmm. and then trickles out because it's going to bounce and it's going to roll. Mm -hmm. But if it's softer landing spot, I might go with that gap wedge or a pitching wedge or a nine iron and bump it a little lower, like a, a waist high, kind of a pop it up in the air where it pops it up and goes a little bit more forward Mm -hmm. and then lands on a shallower angle and bounces more forward and rolls more forward to get there.
2: Right.
1: So I'm evaluating the situation before I choose which one. Okay. But oddly enough, all those kind of shots that I just talked about, can all be played in virtually the same way. If I'm smart, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the club that I've chosen for the trajectory and rollout that I want. And then I'm going to scuff the ground a couple of times and find out where my club is going to land. Now I always like having just a little bit more downward pressure into the ground on my left foot. I'm going to push down. Now this is different then leaning into the leg because I'm not trying to take my upper body and force it forward, okay. but I'm going to push down because it helps me easily flow to my left side, which means I'm avoiding chunking it. Ah. So I'm going to put my ball just barely left of center. Now center, John is left of my spine not somewhere partially between my feet because (laughs) I don't always, and you don't either. And none of any of the other listeners of this program, we don't always put our feet in exactly the same place, right? which makes them variables, which makes them really lousy places to reference ball position from. So I choose the spine because that's in the center of my body. So basically it's just on the left side of the spine, which puts it about on your heart. John, I know that that's hard for you since you don't have one. <laughs> so for everybody out there, John is the Grinch. <laughs> but no, really, if you put it just left of center, under your left eye, under your left, you know, cheek on your face, um, you know, put it just left of center, and then put some pressure, downward pressure on the left foot, what you'll get there is the club will be coming in a descending blow and it'll catch the bottom of the ball just at the right spot just prior to the bottom and you'll catch it clean. Given one thing, Mm -hmm. that you make the shaft length adjustment last. Now, here's what I mean by that, John. You put the club on the ground behind the ball, you establish the ball position and the stance. Mm -hmm. Don't grip it until your arms have just completely hung naturally straight down from your body. Then grip it at the length that it matches your arm hang to wherever it grabs on the club, to wherever they fall. Now you have the proper length of club to get to the bottom of the golf ball without hitting it fat. Now your arms can just go and extend down to the ground, and you'll clip it perfectly. <clears throat> It's amazing that if you just grip it last, instead of saying, oh, well, how much do I need to grip down? Well, that's an impossible to answer question because every stance is different. Every lie is different. And how close you stand to your club is different. So what we do is we make that last little adjustment by just grabbing on where the arms are naturally hanging down. And the club sits right behind the ball. And we can just nip it perfectly. We can hit clean contact every time.
0: There is, uh, I think the, the operative consideration there is, is not, I mean, that that do the do the grip thing last, um, the biggest mistake I think most of us make, but the other operative consideration is to not prejudge what club you're going to use prior to checking out your lie and your situation. Very true. Very true. I mean, I've, I've seen you walk up to a ball off the green with five clubs in your hand.
1: Yeah, because I have not made my decision as to what's the right way to get it close to the hole, as right. opposed to many people, many, John, I'll leave you alone on this one, many people mm-hmm. who just wander from the golf cart with one club yeah, and a putter. Yeah. And then they're forcing themselves into not just choosing instead of me who will carry five clubs because they're not that heavy. And um, – I I'm, I'm making a decision that which, which type of shot and which club I should do it with. I'm not making that decision until I get to the situation. Most yeah. people are making the decision. Oop, I got this club. I'll make it do. I'll make it work. I'll make it work. Yeah. And, then, and now all of a sudden they're the ones forcing themselves into a certain kind of touch and feel and shot and landing spot when they, they basically, they took away other options Yeah, that may have been easier or may have been a better play. Exactly. So,
0: so just I see do not prejudge. Do that all the time. Yeah, do not pre- yeah. yeah, I mean everybody that I play with does that. And I mean you go and you know you've got your favorite wedge whether you know you, you feel more comfortable with your lob wedge or your sand wedge or gap or whatever it's the it's the go-to wedge you have you pull it out and you walk up, you know, pull that out, pull out your butter and walk up to the ball and like you say make it work, which is not always a possibility. But again, going back to that uh, the the taking the grip is the final step um eliminating fat chunks and thin hits you know the the <laughs> I don't hit my uh sandwich 150 yards until I'm only 10 yards off the green that that kind of shot right there I mean that's that's what that would avoid and that's the biggest mistake I think most of us amateurs make with the uh, with wedges and, and shots like that is we we either chunk it or uh, or we just sail it off into the sunset on the other side of the green so there you go there's a few more a few more strokes of the eight we've promised and we will come back and we'll uh, get the rest of those eight with some putting tips make me a better putter jeff and that's exactly what we'll do when we come right back we are those weekend golf guys don't you move
3: Have current events affected the ability for you to pay your bills? Has your credit card debt overwhelmed you? Has your income decreased because you're working less or have you lost your job? Credit Guard of America may be able to help you find a solution to this problem. We offer a free no-obligation consultation to learn how you can cut your payments by up to half and potentially lower your interest down to zero. Credit Guard of America is an A-plus rated nonprofit company that will work on your behalf. Credit Card of America is licensed in all 50 states and has counseled over 1 million consumers struggling with debt just like you. Let us help you analyze and prioritize your debt, negotiate with your creditors to reduce interest and payments, set up one affordable monthly payment, and provide ongoing education and support. Call now for a free no-obligation consultation and learn how you can become debt-free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925
4: texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. <laughs> Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years, and I gotta tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. It's the big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is Testofin, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics one three two one.
0: and thanks for hanging and coming back with all those weekend golf guys have you missed any of the uh, the show that has preceded this point? You need to go back and listen from the beginning because we're promising you eight strokes. And we described in great detail how to be a better driver of the golf ball and a much better pitcher and chipper of the golf ball. Now we're going to talk about the consummate
1: way of
0: saving strokes.
1: No more three putts. Come on, people. So many people. They come to me for swing help, and then they think I've fixed their entire game. And in (laughs) fact... I fixed a majority of their game, but I didn't get a chance to help them with the thing that really sets them apart from everybody else, and that's the putter. Many people, I ask them what their biggest problem is, and it's always ball flight causes them more strokes, getting to the putting green, but they miss those just like they miss everything else. But they don't want the short game help nearly as fast as they want the long game help, and they spend so much time on their long game and so little time on their short game. The way that I can help them is talking about the putter, even though it seems like it's a bit more boring. I just ask them to count the number of strokes they have from the hits off the green to the putts on the green. And if their putts on the green are 32 or higher, they need a lot of help because Mm -hmm. there's people out there that miss greens have an okay chip, and then they two-putt. And you look at it and you're like, okay, there should be the make, but they don't want to put the time and effort energy into the make. So when I start with the small ones and get them to make them, and then I have a contest with them, then they find out how good they need to be. And they Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, you beat me on that one pretty bad, but you're a pro. Everyone has the ability to be the best putter in the world. Only some of us work on that skill. They look at me and I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, because it doesn't require strength. (laughs) So if you're going to save a bunch of strokes during the round, the best place to improve your game is with the putter. Yes, I know. You still got to get it onto the green to make the putts. We're not going to ignore that comment, right? It's already out there. But once you get there, you've got to get the speed right on the very first putt. I ask people, Two basic statistics when I'm learning about them and learning about their game and how to develop it. I want to know their proximity to the hole in regulation and the length of their second putt. That to me is the roadmap to success for a player, especially if they're caring about score. I want to know the average length of your second putt. Cause if it's two feet, I'm not worried about the first because it means your aim is good enough from a longer one Mm -hmm. and your speed control is good enough and your reads are good enough. If you can get it inside of two feet on your first putt, I'm not worried too much unless I ask what's the average length of your first putt. And if they say, well, I chip it pretty close, (laughs) you know, and then they're putting from, you know, five feet. And then their average distance is two feet. I'm like, okay, but that's how I investigate things right away. And then I start talking about it going, okay, what do we have to do here? How do we make this person better? And I evaluate things in big categories right away, like reading a green. Because most people miss directionally and they go, I didn't see it breaking that way. Right. Said, well, have you ever tried walking on the green? somewhere between your ball and the hole and feeling which way it's tilted (laughs) and how much. And they look at me like, well, no, I don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Why? Mm -hmm. You're standing on the ground. Your ball is going to roll on. And it is angled and tilted a certain direction. That'd be handy information. So I always go there. And then I see if their stroke mechanics are consistent, and if I ask them to start their ball at a certain place, a couple feet out, and if they can consistently roll their ball across that, I'm not so worried about mechanics. Most people, when they miss putts, they blame the putter, and then they blame the stroke. So what I like to do is find out evidence of can you aim that putter where you think you're aimed? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is evidence. If I say, can you start your ball here and there your ball is here and here's two feet away from that. I want to know, cause at two feet out, I want to know, can you aim it and start your ball there? And if so, if I see that on a consistent basis, I'm not so worried about the mechanical piece nor the aim piece. Okay. Cause two feet's enough but then I start working my way out to five and 10 and 15. And then if you're off by a little at two feet, you're probably off by a good bit at five feet and a lot at 10. So then I start worrying about it. So I kind of go about it in this process of elimination going, okay, what do we got? And if you can't read the green to tell where you should aim, or if you can't aim where you think you're aimed or you can't start your ball online, we have those issues we have to deal with. So the first thing to go with, is find out and some things to prove it to yourself, John. When you go to the green next time, I'm going to use this word again. It's our favorite word in the golf program here. We're going to use this word, John. I know. Get get ready.
0: Turn my headphones down. Go
1: practice. I can read lips. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Practice. laughs> right. So when you go practice, the first thing I want you to go practice for. Is speed control I want you to go to the green and I want you to take a handful of balls with you and go stand somewhere that's not in the center of a circle of a green go stand it at some near some edge and then I want you to putt in a semicircle around you to the fringe so that your ball stops at the line on the fringe so the line that's cut from the green to the fringe that edge Mm -hmm. I want you to put one ball in one location and then turn and putt to another spot and then another one and another one and another one. And all the putts should be different length and some will be more uphill than others. And then when you get your ball to stop there, then I want you to take your glove off or put something down on the ground where you stood and then go to all those balls and putt them right back there. Now you have the opposite putt you just hit. So the one that was an uphill putt now just became the opposite direction back a downhill putt. So I want you to practice that quite a bit because getting the speed right on the greens is critical. Mm -hmm. Then what I want you to do, John, is I want you to take two balls and I want you to toss one out gently and then toss one out gently the other way so that they're somewhere between eight and 20 feet apart. And then your job on the shortest ones, is to hit the other ball with one put, put one ball into the other in one putt. But the ones that are longer, you got to touch it in two putts or less, right? So you got to think okay. of one or two putts to a small target and randomize your small tosses. Okay, and then yeah. choose one ball or the other, and then go read the putt and go putt one ball into the next. Now, all of a sudden, you're honing your focus, your aim, and your speed. So let's say the first one blows it by four feet. Butt <laughs> row, Ruby Roo.
2: <laughs> he was watching.
1: Uh-huh. You, you got a little chicken left on the bone there, don't you, John? <laughs> so uh, now you really got to focus because not only do you have a four-foot putt, but you have a four-foot putt to a golf ball, not a four-foot putt, to a a four-and-a-quarter-inch hole. So now we're working on your focus as well. So let's get the speed right, and let's learn how to read a green, walk on it, feel it, understand how downhill, how uphill, how side tilt it is, get that information in there, because that casual glance that you just normally give it, John, Mm -hmm. ain't cutting it. It's no. breaking away that you didn't think. Next thing you know, you got too many putts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if your mechanics are broken, let's say you're a putter twister or a putter flicker, then we're going to have to put the putter in your hands in slightly different way. Mm-hmm. And but you and can, you can emotions to not happen.
0: Yeah. And you can, you can tell that just by putting putter in someone's hand and saying, here, Swing
1: it. Right. right. Now I know that I'm oversimplifying things, but this is practical on the golf course. And this is the putter you brought with you that day. This mm-hmm. is not a conversation about, Hey, go get custom fit for a putter from somebody who uses Adele wedges and putting system, because it's a great putting system, fitting system. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, this is the putter you brought with you that day. Learn to use it now. Cause you're about to play. Right. Right.
0: I mean, there could be be your eight strokes right there. There could be. Yeah.
1: Right. There could be right there. I mean, when you think about this, if you are good at speed control versus not being good at speed control, the length of your second putt becomes makeable versus difficult to make. Mm -hmm. But too many people say, ah. Come on, I can putt. It's just putting, you know, we don't need to. I, it's just putting. You're like, dude, you're counting strokes. You're counting all of them and you got tons of them. And that, you know, widely known putting is somewhere in the realm of 40% of the strokes that you hit. Yeah. And if you're blowing off the notion that that's an important thing, you're just saying, I'm either the best putter in the world. Or I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to go practice that because it seems like it's kid stuff.
0: You once mentioned a couple of years ago that most of us practice backwards. Then you've you've alluded to it today a bunch too. That you listened to that? Where I did, I listened. I I don't know oh, why. Wow. I guess I was bored that day. I don't know. I but, just gave you credit. <laughs> <laughs> but, Too many of us, we start with, you know, pull the driver out and just, you know, wallop it and all that kind of stuff. But in order to really hold your game, you need to start at the green and work your way back to the tee practice wise.
1: Yeah, that's the fun part of the game is sitting there smacking it. Right. Well, you know what? Make putting fun. Make things a game. Challenge yourself. You know, go have a contest with yourself. Make sure that you can find some sort of challenge and entertainment. Putt with someone else and play putting games. Create them on your own. There's a bunch that you could copy games and go this and this and this, but why don't you create it yourself? Go a little cross-country putting green stuff. See how many in a row you can make from around in a circle. Some are up, some are down, some are sideways. Yeah. And challenge yourself because otherwise people just get bored knocking the ball at a hole. But you know what? I like to see how many in a row I can make from two feet because it perfects my, I can aim my putter face where I think I'm aimed. It it perfects that Mm -hmm. it makes sure that my stroke doesn't do anything crazy. And since I should make a bunch of two footers, it puts pressure on me to make all the two footers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like the guys. And that go move to that. out. Yeah. Then you keep, keep doing it until I you move get out. to the point where, you know, you're, you're cool. Uh, I like the guys who throw the balls down. You know, You throw three balls down on the practice green and you, you hit one of them and you, then wow. you sink the button. You go, I don't want to waste any more of those out here. <laughs> I'm cool. And then off to the first tee. So, yeah.
1: Those are the people who, um, don't putt well on the golf course because they, they sit there and go, yep, that's good enough. I'm like, no,
0: yeah,
1: it's not, not if you're really going to get good at this. So if you yeah. really want to take some eight strokes off your game, it's in this arena first.
0: Definitely is. And, and we some of, those, last. some of those, some of those, little games and, and exercises that you pointed out on the green. So helpful. And, and they, they, make, they make it fun. All right, there you go. There's your eight strokes, even more. And um, we'll, we'll come right back and let you know how we're gonna take our 15% off your winnings for the rest of the season. When we come back, hang with us. throughout this weekend kickoff, guys.
2: Sometimes life is wonderful. And sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. you need to be ready. And health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is $35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-870-4686. That's 800-870-4686. 800-870-4686.
0: I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. He has just told you how to save eight strokes this afternoon if you just show up at the course about an hour early and do some of the practice he mentioned. See how easily that word falls from my lips now.
1: I know you still don't do it, but it just it's right. good of you to be a radio guy and command of the English language and actually be willing to use this particular word now.
0: Do as I say, not as I do.
1: you know, what's the point of you living near a golf course anyway? If you're never going to go there and just <laughs>
0: just to hang East out, go get it up and down. You'd be surprised what I'm doing, man. You'd be surprised the uh, the improvements that have been made, not only in my game, but in my uh, my routine.
1: So good for you, because you're tired yeah. of hearing me. Can't wait till the next time I get to see you on a golf course. <laughs>
0: this, this is the one thing every time, every time, you know, like. I walk off with, with a birdie or, or, you know, chip a ball to within, you know, like two or three feet. It's like, damn, I wish Jeff were here to see this.
1: You know what you ought to do then is when you're playing with the uh, intrepid producer, Mark, just have him break out the iPhone. We got to do that. Record that and send yeah. it to me. Yeah. And then make sure that when he does that, make sure he says, Jeff's definitely going to watch this one. <laughs> and let's see how that goes now
0: <laughs> Yeah So play like Jeff is watching, okay That's that's words to live by But no, it's, it's hard to get this game down well Without knowing what you're doing Case in point I was watching The Open last weekend Okay, I think it was Cameron Smith. I forget. But he had a shot that was his ball had rested on the lip of a bunker. And in order to hit the ball, he had to stand in the bunker. And the announcer was saying, well, it's going to be like a baseball swing. And another said, yeah, and this is a shot he does not practice. I can guarantee you he's never practiced this shot. And if he doesn't do it correctly, he's going to pull it left into the gorse bush. And that's exactly what he did. And he did it because he had not practiced it. So don't do any shots that you don't know you can do, please. Well, and that's, and that's a message to anybody I play golf with, okay? Uh,
1: don't do anything of you don't you're know. You're playing you can against do. me. <laughs> well,
4: that's true. <laughs>
1: If we're playing for money, go for it. <laughs> that's right. Knock yourself out. Matter of fact, I'd like to record this while we're talking about this. No, no, let me get this. I want to see you pull this off.
0: All right. So that's there you go. And again, we, we say you've listened to it on the radio. Go back to those weekendgolfguys.com and listen over and over again until you understand. Get some of those practice excuse me, get some of those practice routines down that Jeff talked about. Work on the putting first and work back and uh, you will find yourself substantially better the next time you go out to play some golf